This is The God Show, a conversation about the human spirit, with your host, Pat McMahon. You know, we do so many different facets of spirituality. Uh, sometimes it's medical and sometimes uh, it's just unlimited varieties of things about the spiritual nature of mankind. And um, in my case, every time somebody talks to me about a spiritual location that I've visited, I always think of Hawaii because my wife spent part of her youth growing up on Oahu just outside of Honolulu. One of my favorite experiences was parasailing. Parasailing over Lahaina and the island of Maui. And we were out on a barge, and I was attached to a motorboat, and my outfit was attached to a parachute that was trailing out behind me, and the motorboat took off, and so did I. And for several minutes, I experienced private, personal flight. And that was about as close to God as I think I'd ever been. Uh, So... When I saw the pictures of Lahaina after the fires, after the disaster, it really hit me on a personal basis, not as personal as my guest, though. Shep Gordon, known as one of the most successful theatrical personal managers, mostly music groups. We'll find out if there are others. A lot of actors in his stable. Uh, And uh, he's also the guy that was the subject of the documentary Supermensch. And Shep, you've always been a Supermensch for me. I thank you so much right now for Mensch-like being quite suddenly asked to be on this show and accepting. So from showbiz to Maui, talk to me about your first experience in Maui. How many years ago? Uh, Aloha, Pat. Good to reconnect. Um, I got here in 74. I came at that time. There was a hydrofoil that came from Honolulu to Malaya Harbor. And, um, I put one foot down on the Island and I turned to my friend who I came here with and said, uh, I'm going to live here the rest of my life. You did. Yeah. And I found a house that week and I still live in that same house. What was the attraction? So immediately, I have no idea. I just felt different in my skin. Um, I felt really comfortable in my skin. I just felt at home. But you've always been a big city guy. Yeah, well, I'm always a big city guy, but always enjoyed country life. Um, would always find, you know, would always go to beaches or forests whenever I could to get away and sort of get my composure back. Where did um, it start for you? I never did ask you. What's that? Where did your life start? Where did you grow city. up? Yeah, New York City. What uh, part? Raised, raised in Long Island. I was born in Jackson Heights, which is a uh, an apartment building community, maybe twenty five minute drive, twenty oh, minute drive. From we have a lot of a lot of Long Island people here in Phoenix, but you know Phoenix, and you know the diversity of the population here. Yeah. Yep, I know Phoenix well. But there's hardly anything more diverse than the group of people that you manage, starting for me, with our mutual friend, Alice Cooper. And you were his first manager, right? I I believe there was a girl named Sherry Cottle uh, who was in L.A. who may have, um, I don't know if she was a manager, but she helped them with 
their career. She was there when I started. But for an hour and a half, there was Sherry, and the rest of the time, there's been Shep. And you <laughs> you have been there since the beginning of Alice Cooper, haven't you? Yep, and still doing it. And tell me, tell me in the audience. Fashion, I think tonight. Tell me in the audience some of the other artists, though, that you're professionally responsible for. Well, I've been really lucky to have worked with some great artists who let me participate in their careers. Um, Groucho Marx, Raquel Welsh, Blondie, um, Luther Vandross, Teddy Pendergrass, mm. um, Pointer Sisters, just lots of people. It's been a, a and, great career. And most of them call you with a, an hour's notice and say, <laughs> I'm uh, headed toward the Maui airport and, yes, and yeah. I'm coming to stay with you, right? Yeah, I get a lot of that. Not this week, but most weeks, yes. Uh, who has contacted you? Names that we might know, whether you handle them professionally or not. Who's contacted you to find out about your safety and your uh, Everybody. I mean, everybody that I know. It's, the list is way too long. But everybody. First and foremost, Alice. Um, but but just about everybody. It, you know, I think it's got the heart and the attention of the of the world right now, Maui. So many people have had um, magical moments in their life here. Either got married here or conceived their child here or, you know, deep-rooted things that um, there's so much, so much uh, love coming out for us. It's beautiful. Well, then let me be the latest to ask you on behalf of our audience right now, many of whom have visited Maui in the past how are you? How far away from Lahaina are you? How safe are you? I'm very safe. I'm about 45 minutes away from Lahaina. Um, we did have near us some evacuation from the fires, but it never got to the home. So where I am, which is Wailea and Kihei, um, other than the lack of tourists, you would never know that anything happened. Wow. And the misery, and the misery of the people you bump into. and and But... Um, I think one of the real messages that needs to get out is come back and support us the way you can really, if you love Maui, come back and spend some money because people are getting laid off. This message got out of don't come to Maui and that's not what we want. So uh, Wailea is beautiful. Um, hotels are running, restaurants are up, come and spend some money and help us out. As you know, when I called and asked you, you know, this is the God show, and it's not a religious show. It's about the kind of spirituality that you just talked about. Talking to people about, hey, we need you, but an awful lot of people have already answered, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, no, the outpouring has just been absolutely remarkable. Um, so the, the community here has been remarkable. Um, our state government has really stepped up to the line, hoping the federal government does. Um, and, uh, but it's, it's a difficult, you know, we have 2,200 homes destroyed. Oh, that's a lot of people on a small Island. So everybody knows someone and, um, a lot of people will never see again. The horror story is that to me, and that is that whatever the last count of identifiable cadavers there have been, uh, up to and including the possibility of 150 identified, but they're talking about 850, 900 yeah. people missing, Shep. 
no, we 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 all, all of us here realize what that really means. Um, and it's not a it's not a happy story. Why is it that your area, forty five minutes from Lahaina, was saved? How different is it from those areas with the grasslands that burn so ferociously? Uh, Lahaina is at the bottom of a valley that gets these very specific winds, and it was just a, a convergence of every of the worst possible things happening. From what I, from what I know, at least, it, it was um, very high winds, eighty miles an hour, which knocked down the electric lines because we have electric o- above ground here during a time of a, an extreme drought, and it sparked the drought. And most of the buildings in Lahaina because it's a historic site and because they want to preserve them, we're still wooden buildings. So it went, it, it went up really fast. It, it, they said that it, the destruction traveled a mile a minute. Yes. Now that's a staggering statistic when you look at your watch and realize, oh my God, a mile in a minute of total destruction. Um, so it, it's... So many, of those, so many of those people that we saw interviewed actually had the problem of not being able to outrun, even in a car. Right. No, they jumped in the water. And a lot of families were found in, the, in their cars. Um, whole families burned in their cars. Maui was always a, a magic place for me, uh, <laughs> visiting the volcano. Uh, that we always thought was going to be dormant until it erupted a couple of years after we were there. Uh, <laughs> but but no matter what was going on, no matter hurricanes, and you're used to that, no matter what kind of tropical storms, no matter what happened, Maui, Kauai, the Big Island, all of those, all of those remarkable magical places that make up the Hawaiian Islands, that's that remarkable state of the United States, they always seem to be impervious, though, to permanent harm until now. Will Maui be able to come back? Yeah, we'll come back stronger, but it'll take a while. It definitely will take a while. There'll be a a period of mourning and a period of rebuilding, and um, but we'll come back. You know, it's a strong community here. Um, I think we have to solve the problem of getting people, tourists back so we can get people working again because nobody's working. And, but um, uh, can can the people here in Phoenix who are used to a uh, rather lovely climate, even in the summertime, it's still better than black ice uh, in North Dakota. Uh, when you're talking about visiting, are you really asking people to come now? Is the airport open? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's open. It's complete. And it's a great time to come because you can get into all the restaurants. We have a famous restaurant here called Mama's. And it's uh, usually about a six or eight month wait to get in. <laughs> you can walk in. So Even, anybody out there listening who wants to go to Mama's, just come to Maui. You can walk in. And tell them that Chef Gordon sent you. It might help. Absolutely. Yeah. I was watching an interview with a restaurateur on Maui, Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, uh, his whole place burned down. Right in the middle of Lahaina. That burned to the ground. So many super celebrities uh, have, like you, moved there and lived there part of the year anyway. Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. yeah she's been remarkable. She's been uh, 
very quietly funding a lot of stuff and uh, doing doing like hand labor, getting uh, diapers, actually going and buying them and bring them to the shelters. And she's been amazing. She's been 24-7 selfless and um, like all the Maui citizens, just wanting to do whatever they can to help. Chef, I wanted to ask you to be on this program because you have been there for so long and you've the citizen of there and here. Uh, I wanted to know also because you are that super mensch and I want to find out from you about your personal experience that night. When did you know something was amiss? Was it on television? There, there were no sirens. Yeah, really interesting you should say that. It's, um, especially since it's Phoenix related and Arizona related. I, you know, I, during the day we heard about the fires. So what we heard was that, um, that there was a fire in Lahaina that got put out and there was a fire up in Kula, which they had gone to fight. As the night progressed, um, we started to get an awareness that something was going on in my personal life. Um, I got a phone call from Senator Mark Kelly, oh. who, who was in Maui um, and couldn't get back to the home that Gabby was in. He had gone to pick up a family member at the airport. And um, so I ended up housing them here. It took a day without any communication. He couldn't communicate. There was no phones. There was no internet. So he really didn't know how Gabby was. And um, luckily, everything was fine. He was able to get to it the next day. And um, but that was that's the story of Maui. Anybody who that, nobody could even find out if their loved ones were okay because you couldn't communicate. There were no phones and no internet, and you couldn't get through the road. Road was blocked. So um, it was a night of real. Um, of real um, nervousness and apprehension about, is everybody okay over there? Chef, since this is an international broadcast, uh, would you mind please going back uh, and explaining to the folks, not only outside of Arizona, but outside the United States, uh, who the Kellys were and are? Uh, Senator Kelly was an astronaut. He's one of the senators from Phoenix, um, from Arizona. I don't know if it's Phoenix. And, and uh, just a great man and a, uh, someone who really cares. And he rolled up his sleeves and pitched in as hard as anybody. He was very, he was 24-7 on helping out. Um, and Gabby? And, and Gabby was the same. We got, uh, Gabby got uh, brought down here for a few days. And, Folks, the folks listening in uh, Lucerne, Switzerland, may not know the story though about who Gabby is. Not only Gabby, Ms., not only Gabby, Mrs. Kelly, but also uh, quite a human being in her own right. She was a congresswoman who um, was shot by a fanatic, killed her chief of staff, I believe, mm-hmm. and left her um, left her. In, um, Left, well, how would I say it? Left her um, 
Well, she was incapacitated and, and, and disabled. Less, less incapacitated, but she's come back and she's yes. fighting every day. And um, I think was really saddened by this. And her speech was affected, and um, uh, her ability uh, to walk as uh, as easily as she did before. But she's certainly. Uh, able to get around <laughs> as dramatically as Gabby does, because man, she's a hundred and fifty mile an hour woman. Yeah, they're an amazing couple. Uh, God bless them. They, they, uh, they do, really. The people uh, in Maui, got, do, the people do, in Maui got very lucky that they were here. Do us a favor, if you will, Shep, because you've been so familiar, uh, not just with Maui but with Hawaii. There are so many folks that are listening right now that have never visited. They had the same concerns that I did when I saw the 60-mile-an-hour uh, winds taking that fire at that same speed and destroying everything in its path. Why should the other islands not necessarily be equally as worried? You have pretty much the same climate on all, uh, on all of the islands. Why should they not be concerned, or are they? Yeah, I think everybody is. I think one of the things that um, has become apparent in this is that we need to try and um, put the wires on the ground. And that's a statewide problem, um, probably a, a nationwide problem. Um, so at least we have a focus of what we can maybe do to help. But, you know, tra you know, natural disasters and natural disasters, sometimes they don't have an, uh, you can't pinpoint an answer. Why one island, not the other? And those are all uh, difficult questions to answer. And right now, the the focus is really on rehousing the people and uh, getting the kids back to school. Three schools were destroyed. Yes. Why one island and not the other? That's a question that can't even be answered on The God Show. Way uh, bigger than The God Show. Shep Gordon is our guest, super mensch, uh, manager for so many of America's greatest entertainers, uh, and our guest, because how many years on Maui now? 74. So I guess, what is that, 49 years or something? L look at you. You were a math, math major in New York, weren't you? <laughs> what about no, I, read a, I read a poker game. I learned numbers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've heard about your poker games. Yeah, Alice, Alice has mentioned as the son of a minister uh, that uh, he hears on high a voice saying, avoid Shep's poker games at yeah. all costs. <laughs> What are the greatest needs right now on Maui? Do you know? Yeah, the the greatest need is is really uh, is tourists coming back. That's number one. I can't emphasize that enough. It's almost better than making a donation. Oh. To a, um. So, so that's number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. And then I would say. Um, Maui Food Bank is always a great place to to support, um, and they'll need it more and more. Um, and I think the real long-term goal is to try and, first to try and make sure that the, the residents' land remains available to them, that speculators don't come in, that banks don't come in, and then to rebuild their homes and give them some sense of normalcy back. And that's a long-term effort. There were about 2,200 homes destroyed, I was told. Yeah. 
So, but if if our visitors though, if our visitors do come to Maui uh, as they used to from Phoenix by the droves, uh, there's still enough residential places. Uh, oh yeah, for the yeah. tourists. Four Seasons is open. Uh, the Marriott's open. Every everything other than Lahaina side is open. Uh, a little bit of Kanapali. Kanapali uh, Lahaina is not open, but the South Shore, which is um, I think the most beautiful because I live here, is open. So the places people know, um, all the hotels are open. Everything's open. Golf courses are open, and because it's so quiet, you know, there's no waiting time on the golf courses. <laughs> So this is definitely the time to come. Could anything have been done before to make this less a treacherous, disastrous experience? I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty of blame to go around. But I, I always choose not to deal with the blame game till the problem is solved. So I think, you know, it's easy to get bogged down and he should have, they should have, they could have, they would have. If only they had, but meantime, we got people, 2,200 people who need jobs and a roof over their head. So whatever the cause was, finding it out isn't going to help them. Does so, anybody uh, know, Shep, why the sirens didn't go off? Um, it, there's mixed conversations about it. I don't think anyone's come to an answer yet. Um, the mixed conversations are from the fellow who's job it is to turn on the siren that since he felt that if he turned on the siren people would think it was a tsunami oh and they would go up country which is right into the fire because that's what we're trained to do when it's a tsunami get in your car and go up the fires were up um so that's what he says i think i i think he may have been relieved of his job at this point but you know, it's difficult. We're a small island. We don't have big experts. There isn't like, and we don't have any experience with this. So when you get placed in the head of the disaster, uh, whatever they call it, there's no disaster. They, they've never lived through a disaster. Certainly nothing like this. So they don't have the experience where a big city, you have... Um, people who sadly have experienced just about every disaster you can go through. These are people who, you know, just trying to do a good job and know how to make the decisions. We had the same problem with the water. The fire trucks didn't have it warrant. They asked permission to get the water so they could fight the fire in Lahaina. And the head of the water commission said that he would have to check with the taro farmers first. And it took him about 60 minutes to get permission mm arrow farmers to divert water to the firemen and by that time time the town had burned down um so a lot of difficult issues um water has always been a very sensitive issue here between the native hawaiians and the tourist industry so you can so the pressure on this fellow probably not to divert the water was i'm sure immense um so, yeah, you know, so you why go, go ahead please you can spend hours, you know, putting blame, but none of that's going to bring back the dead people, and none of that's going to house the people who need housing. No, it's an excellent point, and what a waste of time it is. Uh, what a waste of time. Just pointing your finger at people and offices and 
and titles. Um, uh, Hawaii in general, uh, the the whole island chain, just seems to have a certain kind of of personal courage. And I'm talking about the indigenous people that have been there, the Hawaiian folks themselves, and the visitors, and the folks like you who have lived for decades uh, and now permanent residents. Uh, I had a piece of property that I was going to build on in Kauai about uh, three minutes from Princeville, you know, that area. Beautiful area. Uh, the north part of the island and for folks who haven't been to Hawaii, Princeville is a resort, a large part of the north part of the island. And um, shortly before we made arrangements, Shep, uh, to uh, to build a place that we could visit, uh, came the massive storm Anini, remember? Yep, Aniki, yep. And, uh, and that really hit Kauai hard and for some time months and months and months uh, there were as many workers on the island that had been brought in just to put it back together again as there were permanent residents and and yet at the end of the year Shep, this comes as no surprise to you, at the end of the year everything looked as if nothing had ever touched it yeah, the spirit of the people here is remarkable. I have a little piece of trivia for you. Yes. So uh, Todd Rundgren, you know Todd Rundgren, sure. the music. Him and his wife have a bar in Princeville called Iniki, Tiki Iniki. I've been there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have. Absolutely. Todd wasn't there that day. But, right. but uh, yeah, they... Uh, they, they do have one of those attitudes, uh, and, uh, I mean, particularly the long-time residents or permanent residents, the, the attitude seems to be there's nothing going to kick us off this island. Absolutely. We, we, love our, we love Maui. We love our island. We love our community. And it is our island to you, isn't it? A Long Island, New York guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I realize I'm a stranger in a strange land, but I, I love being here, and I love the way they've accepted me. Um, you mentioned your concern, though, earlier, and the concern of many of the residents just in these past few days uh, since the disaster, the concern about rebuilding the island, rebuilding homes and businesses by the wrong people. Talk about that. Um, the government has been really good. The governor issued a 90-day moratorium on um, any real estate transactions in any of the affected areas. Because um, what's what's happening, you know, when a tragedy like this happens, I, it's, I, I can't even imagine, but I'm told by people that the decisions you make can be completely irrational. Um, and if if you're a local family and you don't have insurance on your house, and you've lost your job, and you don't have a bank account, and someone comes along and says, oh, I'll give you 25000 for your lot that you don't have the money to build on, there, there'll be some families that'll give up their places. Um, and that's what we want to try and avoid. So the governor has put in a 90-day moratorium ah. on any real estate transactions. 
and then a two-year moratorium on getting a building permit directly aimed at not getting a building permit with all building permits for the next few years will have to be approved by the attorney general's office and uh, they will not they have already declared they will not if a, if a piece of land changes hands in uh, either of those affected areas they will not give a building permit so what they've effectively warned everybody who's coming in to speculate then uh you know we're going to get you if you buy a piece of land and you try and rip off the locals we're going to get you he he also said it's illegal what he's doing and the courts will probably turn it over but, <laughs> but i think he sent out a very strong message to um to the people who were going to come in and do the scamming that um, it's it's not going to be it's this is not going to be like new orleans um, even you're even though gonna, you even though you have the major hotels uh, in uh, virtually every one of the islands and uh and also familiar names it isn't as if it's some kind of a primitive society you still have managed and i say this about all of the islands because i visited uh, all the ones that have any kind of major population, uh, it seems as if they've never lost the sense of island in any of the places that I visited. They have a very strong sense of culture and um, very, um, they focus really hard on a sense of culture. It's a very important part of every, every family, every function. Um, so it's really beautiful. It's um, very unique, I think, to these islands and to uh, a lot of indigenous peoples. Shep, what is the name of that tiny island? And I think it's off the coast of Kauai. Nihihau. Nihihau, yes. Yeah. Would, you, would you tell my friends in Portugal listening right now and, and uh, wherever they are in the world about how uniquely Hawaiian that is. I don't know much about Nihihau. What I do know is owned by one of the missionary families. I think it was maybe the Campbell family. I'm not 100% sure. It still is. Um, and they, um, if, you, you, if no visitors were allowed on the island, I understand now they do helicopters in and you can go and shoot pigs that they have a, a business that they started where you can come in and, and uh, helicopter and shoot pigs and leave. But it's um, only Hawaiians are allowed. Like, I can't go on the island. And um, if you leave the island, you're, I believe if you leave the island for like four years of college or something, you can't come back to yes. the island. Yes, that's what I've heard. And Nihihau, if you do have permission as a visitor to come in, uh, you also have a very strict and specific time to depart. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And they're very well known for their small uh, shells, yes. which make necklaces and other jewelry, and it's very treasured here. Available only in Nihihau. Uh, the Nihihau shell jewelry, exclusively there, and no matter how popular they are, no, you can't get them on Maui or Kauai or the Big Island. Uh, they, uh, they really cater to their own indigenous folks. And uh, it's just, 
it's a wonderful fairy tale kind of a story that you think, is that really happening in this <laughs> century? Can they really do that? And they have. Yeah, I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't, I actually don't know, but I don't know if they have even a school. I don't know if they have any government services. I'm not sure. But I, I don't think I've heard of a school or a hospital or anything on the island. Will you please do the Shep travelogue? And I'm told by my assistant who's sitting next to me, they do have a school. Well, well, I'm asking you for, for the opportunity to turn you, instead of a theatrical show business superstar manager, uh, I'm asking you to do something now as, as a travel agent who wants to attract visitors. And I want you to tell us about Maui before the fires, the Maui that you remember before all of this attention. What was so uniquely remarkable about that place to you? Um, I, you know, and I, I think it still exists. I don't, I want to really stress that if you came in now as a tourist, other than driving to Lahaina, you would not know. The only thing, the only way you would know something happened is because you have immediate access to everything. Uh, you get a reservation at a restaurant that you want. You get anything you want, you can get now. I think what's, at least in my life, and everybody has different things. I mean, I think there are water sport people who this is an amazing place for. There's sun worshipers who this is an amazing place for. For me, it's really about I, the Maui, the Hawaiian Islands are the youngest landmass on the planet by about a million years, I believe. Oh, yes. And so they're very much like a baby. The weather changes constantly, just like a baby's attitude changes constantly. As you know, when you get off the airplane, there's a smell. You don't even have to through your eyes. You just you can smell Maui. It's got a sweet fragrance in the air. Everybody talks about that when they get off the plane, how they, the smell is different. So it's, it's got the innocence of a small baby. I always say it like if you fall down, it picks you up, just like your parents do if you're a baby. Um, and that, I think, is for me and for a lot of my friends is the the strongest attraction is that you, you can meditate at a sunset that's beautiful. There's very few bad thoughts in the air. As you don't hear horns honking. Um, our sunsets are beautiful. The people you meet who are local are warm, loving, and pick you up, not take you down. Um, I don't have locks on my doors. There's very little crime here. Oh, um, you don't have to look behind your back. Um, it's just it's a it's just um, like being with a baby, that innocence of a baby. So that's what it, that's for me is the real attraction. And then on top of that, yeah, great restaurants and great sports activities and um, all those layers of things you can you know. There's nothing better than going to a waterfall for an hour or two and repeat, <laughs> reborn. Um, it's a place of rebirth, maybe, if I had to put it in one word. It's, but, it's, can be, it's a great place of rebirth. You said great sports. Uh, you're talking about primarily yeah, participating you, in water. You do yourself, you know, surfing, paddle boarding, um, all those water sports that you know, uh, are great here. 
parasailing. I'm thinking of a guy that I knew a long time ago from the Bronx. And he was a New Yorker, Yankee fan. And uh, mm-hmm. there's no restaurant anywhere in the world better than the worst restaurant in Manhattan. I, right. you know, I know a lot of those people. There's that kind of guy, right? And when we mentioned how much we loved visiting Hawaii and how my wife was raised part of her childhood uh, on Oahu, he said, okay, but if I don't want to swim, if I don't want to get in the ocean, what the hell is there to do? Answer him. Um, Eat great meals. (laughs) Watch beautiful sunsets. Play play a great round of golf and paradise um and uh take a great massage there's plenty of stuff to do (laughs) you ever get bored ever ever never he he would not understand that i know (laughs) yeah no a lot of new yorkers you know not every place is for everybody if you're looking for an active nightlife maui is not your place if you're looking, if you're single and looking for, for a hookup, Maui is not your place. If you're a party animal, Maui is not your place. <laughs> Maui is a very different, it's more families, it's calmer, it's innocence, it's, you know, restaurants close at 8.30. Um, it's a very different experience. But let's talk about Hawaii, and, and let me ask you if those things for uh the the nightlife people if they are available in Honolulu it's a big city yeah Honolulu has a lot of night that's the place to go if you're looking for action did people g- discourage you try to discourage you when you were talking about not only enjoying the Maui that you had discovered but also planning to move there did you have people discourage you Oh yeah, everybody. Yeah, no, people. You know, people don't understand sometimes. <laughs> now you still travel the world with some of your acts, don't you? Very rare. I go with Alice. I, I, the only person I work with is Alice, and um, I don't really go that much with them. Well, let's you know? reveal the reality too, that you're not the only one in show business and rock and roll, who moved to Maui. Alice, not that long ago, bought a house. Yep, yep. he's now a Maui guy. And are, is his property for, safe? He's been coming for 30 years. Um, yeah, so he's, he's a Maui guy. He's a Maui guy, but he wasn't really a property owner until recently, right? Recently, yep. And Alice's place is safe? Alice's place is safe. Another great piece of trivia is there was a gentleman whose family lost their home and Alice won't be there for a while, so he graciously let him stay there. And um, he was the ukulele player playing for President Biden yesterday. Oh. (laughs) I don't think Alice even knows that. (laughs) 
Well, if our listeners... That's how small an island it is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but if... if oh, yeah, our, everybody got affected. If our listeners, though, uh, say, you know what? I, I want to come and I want to see Maui, but I want to see the other islands. Are they all uniquely individually different i mean let's say, let's let's Very not talk about honolulu because that's the big city but oahu Kauai, the big island in maui how are they different i, I mean it's what you like matt you know uh, um the big island still has a volcano going off it's um very arid island and if you like those kind of things it's fantastic Kauai is the wettest spot on the planet so lots of waterfalls, lots of um, rafting, lots of outdoor water sports. And a Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah no, it's <laughs> very uniquely beautiful. So they all have, you know, they all share a commonality in that nature is the core. And then it moves from there to peaceful nature, erratic, you know, erratic nature, um, so it's what, depending on what you like. If you're an outdoorsman and you like adventure, Kauai is probably the best suited to that. Um, the cliffs and the walks. Maui is, they call No Kauai the best because it's got a little bit of everything. How close to Lahaina have you been? I know that you're 45 minutes away, you're home. Particularly haven't left the house since the... You haven't left the house? Uh, it's been sort of control central, so... So you've seen the same news stories and the same pictures that we have. Oh, yeah, yeah. And more from locals. You know, I get uh, phone films that were sent to me. So, But are you, w without sounding like you're part of the Chamber of Commerce, are you genuinely of the belief, are you convinced that these people can bring Lahaina back to what it was? Absolutely. And better. Absolutely. But it'll take some time and a lot of money. Where's the money going to come from? I think the, the, we're seeing tons, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars pouring in. Jeff Bezos just donated a $100 million fund. Um, I know one of our local organizations that normally would get very little in donations has gotten I think 60 million already in the last week. Wow. Um, small little things people are putting in at the house that they lost their car. They need $18,000. They're getting 25,000 in like, you know, a day. Um, it's, it's the generosity of the world and the, their love for Maui. So we'll, we'll get through it. And you've mentioned, uh, you've mentioned the fact that you genuinely believe and know that, Maui is ready for more visitors, ready for... Please come. Please come. Yeah. I'll personally cook you dinner if I... <laughs> <laughs> so we just stand somewhere on a road yeah, saying... Yeah, just scream my name. I'll come bring you food. Where's Shep, right? <laughs> do, do people in that community recognize you? Uh, my friend, you know, I, I've been here a long time, so I, I have a lot of friends and... It's a small island. And who among the people that you handle, who among all of those superstar performers won't leave once you have them in the house 
and you're ready to say goodbye after a re- reasonable visit. <laughs> I'm never. I'm not giving that up at all. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to name names. <laughs> your future is. But nobody wants to leave. <laughs> your, your future is as an islander. It is. Yeah, I'm not leaving. But the real problem that I have to ask you about, and it probably doesn't have any positive answer, how long is it going to take for Lahaina to come back? Not the rest of the island where you're saying everybody is welcome now, but Lahaina, the town. Um, you know, that's beyond my pay scale. But um, I think historically it's always three, four years. Really? That soon? I think, I don't know, but when I see Katrina, that was sort of, um, that seems to be, I I have no, it really is way beyond my pay scale. Well, Shep, I'll I'll tell you, the first person that I thought of uh, when I heard the initial reports uh, about the fact that the fires were not only devastating, but had already destroyed much of Lahaina. Uh, the first person I thought of was Alice, because we've been friends for a long time. I knew he was on tour, and he and Cheryl uh, were safe. But the second person was you. Uh, thank you, Pat. Well, I mentioned Super Mensch, and I mentioned that because it is a documentary about your life, and I don't know that many theatrical agents that have had a documentary created about them. Usually it's about the performer, the act. What did you think when you saw it the first time? Um, I, I enjoyed it. I thought, I said, I want my reaction, I turned to Mike and I said, I want to meet this guy, Shep. <laughs> well, and I did think it was, it was remarkably complimentary because there's an awful lot of people who are personal managers that nobody likes, including the acts that they represent. Yeah, no, I've been I've been really lucky, leaving with Alice. Well, leaving really leaving here, leaving the United States, leaving Long Island, and yeah. obviously not regretting uh, what it is that you found in that beautiful paradise, as you said, uh, called Maui. One more time, Shep, for the people right now who may have already planned to visit there in the fall and then change their minds because they didn't think they'd be welcome. Please come back. We need, we need, if you really love Maui and you want to support it and see it come back to life, we need you to be here. We need you to spend money in Maui. So it goes, so people keep their jobs and keep their car payments and pay their bills. But, Pat, thank you so much for having me on here. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Listen, I love Maui, too. I just have never been able to afford to actually buy a house, at least in Shep's neighborhood. Well, you may be able to now. <laughs> <laughs> never know. <laughs> but thank you for having me on. And I'm sorry I have to run off. Uh, well, Shep, you've got s- some business to take care of, probably yep. on behalf of your home island, Maui, Hawaii. And I thank you for being with us on The God Show. Thank you so much.